The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. Tonight's broadcast is a special broadcast. As we begin this new year, you heard a friend of Medjugorje's special world report from last week. It really opens our eyes to many things that we should be reflecting on in this coming year. And for tonight's broadcast, we reach back to 2012, just after Obama had been elected the second time. A friend of Medjugorje raises a lot of questions about the state of the world, about where we're headed as a nation and the world, but also it's a reflection for us as we begin this new year on where do we want to be and are we making the right decisions and have we grown complacent in moving forward and making the necessary changes that we have to make. And so tonight's broadcast is another opportunity for us to open our eyes to the changes that we need to be making. Tonight's broadcast comes to us from November the 8th, 2012, and the title of this broadcast was, Will You Be Fortunate Enough to Dwell in a Tent? Here is a friend of Medjugorje. There is a long history of rebellion concerning Israel. And of course, many of us see our nation in parallel to that exceptional country of Israel as being the same. 
Scripture says the Lord has an indictment against Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways and require him according to his deeds. The Scripture says of Ephraim that he said to himself, Ah, I am rich and I have gained wealth for myself. But all riches can never offset the guilt he has incurred. And so it is. We have judgment against us everywhere. What is the reason for this? Is it what, our, what the scripture says? I am the Lord your God from the land of Egypt. I will again make you dwell in tents. Well, we'd be fortunate enough to even have a tent where we're headed. These are some serious questions that everywhere we see things falling apart. We have to ask ourselves, why? Of course, everything's related to money. Everything surrounds money. Our days throughout the day is in its effort, either spending it, consuming it, trying to make it. Are you reading the signs of the times? Why are people in fear? Why do people run when they see what happens toward what they need, they know they might need in the future? But this tells of another system that affects us. And that's God's judgment. Because we have a long history of rebellion in this country. And we've gone like never before without correction. Which gives us a false confidence that, hey, because we're modern, we can manipulate markets. We can suppress this. We can make the dollar do what we want it to do. We can even stop a depression. Don't you think it's strange that on October 29th, the Great Depression of 1929 took place? Something where people immediately wanted to end their lives and did. Something where people lost everything they had built and had. All right, he says, I'll give you signs. And don't you think it's strange that the first time in the Wall Street's history that it was closed for two days, one of those days was October 29th, you think that's coincidental? And that was on a Tuesday. And if I correctly remember, October 29, 1929 was on a Tuesday. God wants to speak to you through nature, through men, in various other ways. Signed, the Holy Virgin Mary, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje, coming to tell the world that it must change its direction. Coming to the, tell the world, January 25th, 1987, that God has a great plan. Coming to tell the world that I can do nothing without you, my children. Are we listening? Can we hear her? Or is her voice drowned out because she speaks in a whisper just like God in the cool evening. You can hear that. But the world can very easily drown it out. That whisper in total silence out in God's creation is mighty more than the mountains and the greatest winds or the greatest storms. But it's so easily drowned out by the activities of the city the business, busyness 
all those things that's taking place. All the electronics. That's why our lady said, find your own prayer corner. A little corner to pray. We call it a prayer corner here. That's why our lady said, find yourselves a quiet time of the day. We can have an encounter with God. Can you imagine that? God wants to speak to us so badly, so yearningly to have our hearts. That lady actually is exposing things. If you find a quiet time of the day, you get up by yourself, you will have an encounter with God. Incredible grace is available now. Great grace, as our lady calls them. And she doesn't exaggerate it. She says great, multiplied a million times more than what we define it. We don't have that ability to understand when she says great, how great the meaning is behind that word. And so it is we find ourselves in judgment, in the medical profession, in the economy, in the church, in our work, in our marriages, in our families, in our institutions, our schools, our government. Everything is under judgment. And when God places judgment, when he does an indictment, there's nothing you can do to fix it. Nothing. Only God can. And his solutions aren't complicated. They're very simple, actually. Pray, fast, and let God act. We've got to let go so that he can. This is called The Coming Age of Austerity and was written by Patrick McCannon just uh, the day of the election. He says, Are the good times really over for good? Asked Merle Haggard in his 1982 lament. Then, the good times weren't over. In fact, they were coming back with the Reagan recovery, the renewal of the American spirit, and the end of a Cold War that had consumed so much of our lives. Yet, whoever wins today, it is hard to be sanguine about the future. The demographic and economic realities do not permit it. Consider, between 1946 and 1964, 79 million babies were born. The largest, best educated, and most successful generation in our history. Bill Clinton and George W. Bush both born in 1946, were in that first class of baby boomers. The problem. Assume that 75 million of these 79 million boomers survived to age 66. This means that from this year through 2030, an average of nearly 4 million boomers will be retiring every year. This translates into some 11,000 boomers becoming eligible for Medicare and Social Security every single day for the next 18 years. Add in immigrants in that same age category and the fact that baby boomers live longer than the greatest generation or silent generation seniors and you have an immense and unavoidable increasing coming in expenditures for our largest entitlement programs. Benefits will have to be curbed or cut, and payroll taxes will have to rise, especially for Medicare, to make good on our promises to seniors. As for the rest of our federal budget of nearly 
trillion dollars. We have run four consecutive deficits of over one trillion dollars. To bring the budget to balance, freezes would have to be imposed and cuts made in spending for defense and other social programs. From California to Wisconsin to New York, we see the process at work at the state level. Government salaries are frozen. Government payrolls are cut. Government pensions and programs are scaled back. California and Illinois are on the precipice of default. Cities like Detroit, Birmingham, Stockton, and San Bernardino are already there. As for national defense, how long can we afford to spend more than the 10 other top nations combined? How long can we continue to defend scores of nations half a world away? How many more trillion-dollar wars like Iraq and Afghanistan can we fight on borrowed money? Moreover, the day of the great national enterprises is over. FDR had his New Deal and World War II, LBJ, his Great Society, Obama, his Obamacare. But there is nothing left in the till to do big things. One sees only deficits and debt all the way to the horizon. Europe has arrived at where we are headed. In the south of the old continent, Spain, Italy, and Greece, the new austerity has begun to imperil the social order. In the north, the disposition to be taxed to pay for other nations' social safety nets is disappearing. With government in the U.S. at all levels consuming 40% of gross domestic product and taxes 30%, taxes will have to rise and government spending be controlled or cut. The alternative is to destroy the debt by depreciating the dollars in which it is denominated, for example, by Fed-induced inflation. But you can only rob your creditors once. After that, they never trust you again. There is another social development rarely discussed. The workers who are replacing retiring baby boomers in the labor force are increasingly minorities. Black folks and Hispanics alone account now for 30% of the population and rising rapidly. Yet these two minorities have high school dropout rates of up to 50% in many cities, and many who do graduate have math, reading, and science scores at 7th, 8th, and ninth grade levels. Can their contributions to an advanced economy be as great as were those of baby boomers of the 60s and 70s? whose SAT scores were among the highest we ever recorded. U.S. scores in global competition have been plummeting toward third world levels. Everyone talks about how we're going to raise test scores. But despite record and rising investments in education per student, no one in decades has found a way to do this consistently. Moreover, while boomers were almost all born into families, where mother and father were married and living together, Hispanics have a 53% illegitimacy rate, African Americans a 73% rate. Among the white, poor, and working class, the illegitimacy rate is now 40%, almost twice as high as it was in black America when Pat Monahan wrote his 1965 report on the crisis of the black family. And between the illegitimacy rate and the drug use rate, 
the dropout rate, crime rate, and incarceration rate, the correlation is absolute. Some of us are often accused of always crying wolf. But it is worth noting that one day the wolf came. Sat scores? You can't race the SAT scores. It's impossible to raise them. At the same time, minus out the grand way of life. There's a fundamental learning process of common sense, of practicalities, and things that you give a basis, even the way the brain works, that you develop and your ability to learn new things or to advance. By working with your hands, the common life, and we've knocked that out. We've knocked out the trades in that sense that they're secondary. And so it is we have the fallen sat rakes. The SAT scores can't be reached no matter what they do, how many millions of dollars they spend on it. And it's because we've captivated instead of the grand way of life, our basic common life, we're captivated by electronics. Our lady said, Satan wants to divert you through modernism. We can no longer go through our life here and continue this way of life as we've known it and escape judgment. It's not going to happen. So if God casts judgment on our way of life, the way we've lived it, modern man, what happens? Our result of that judgment is very simple. It's a correction. That's the purpose of the judgment. Not to crush us, not to destroy us. Oh yeah, many may lose their lives through it. Many may starve to death. Many may freeze to death. Many may wish they were dead and can't. We don't know all those details. But one thing's for certain. If you read the signs of the times, if you look at the history of the long history, rather, of rebellion of Judah, of Israel, of God's people, of His church even, when Christianity began, you see these times when God purifies it. But there's something different for our time. Never have we had the amount of population on earth we have. Never have we had the type of sins. Man knew not the type of sins we have today. And even the most beastly people never imagined marriage to be as it is today or mass production abortion. Yes, they've done it. The Incas did it as far as the abortion side. Why is all this? Why is the grand way the one that leads to holiness? doesn't mean there won't be different professions. But we've got to be based in a subsistence living. And we do that, and we stay corrected in that life, for the most part, because God ordained it to Adam. By the sweat of your brow you should eat. You can't escape that. You can't. There's no way around it. There's no way to build the cities as there are now. And even in the cities, you can have a grand way of life. But when you minus that out, you can't do this, you can't do that. Everything's concrete and pavement. You're going to have disaster. It's a recipe for that. There's no way around it. There's a recipe for that relating to now economics, which we were, where we find ourselves. So metagenomics is to show you how to get out of that, show you how to step out of it, which is to get out of the city. I'm telling you, leave it. Do whatever you have to do. 
Now, if you question that, go ask some New Yorkers and New Jersey people right now. Would they rather be somewhere else? They only have a few days that to live with this misery. It might go on for a month for some. But this is a grace. We were in the middle of Katrina. We went down that help, so we were part of it. We saw what happened. But God's allowing these warnings as just a little taste of experiences to make you be thoughtful that I'm stupid for relying on everybody to provide everything for me. They said that Birmingham was, was listed as one of the four cities, which is only 35 minutes from us, on the verge of the vault. That was given as an example by Buchanan in writing this article Joan just read. But we're only 35 minutes away. It's a whole different world right here where we are. The economy actually is pretty good. Shelby County, where we live, is named one of the top 10 places, or was, I think it still is, in the United States. Huntsville, two hours from now, here, is one of the top financial places in the whole country. Not in finance and investments, but in being healthy. Now, yeah, everything's off everywhere. But it's up to the individual. It's up to holiness. That's what makes that. There's a lot of good people here. There's a lot of Protestants here. There's a lot of good people up in Huntsville. I'm sure wherever everything else is, you see the Amish, they're still eating. They're basic common people. They're being provided. Have they got something that we don't know about? Are they on some kind of path that maybe something is connected to that and to God's ability to take care of them? Don't you see the connection? If you don't, you don't have a quiet time where you can encounter God through the day. If you do, you will. We saw right before the, at the 2008 crash when I wrote, Ain't Gonna Happen, started putting this out later. We were showing people to get into that. And it went up to $50, which changes $100,000 of retirement money if you take it out and put it in that, would have gone to $500,000. Take a, a correction that went back from the $50 to, say, $35, that's not got $150,000 off. That's at least $350,000 from an original $100,000 investment. But I was talking to someone yesterday who is talking about how they're dumping paper every time the silver starts going up. They're literally dumping papers. They're flooding the market with selling that to keep the price from going up and dropping it back down. They, they don't want this to go up. But when that crashes and when that's over, $9 silver as opposed to $50 silver, all this is nothing. You're going to go up to even, it could be worth a fortune. It may not be but $50, but that $50 per ounce at that time when a correction happens when everything else falls and deflates, one ounce of silver could buy one acre of land. And, of course, we don't want to mislead anyone. We, the goal is not to buy silver. The goal is to hold your funds into something that has intrinsic value. It can't be taken away. Just like evil with the devil can't be taken away because he's intrinsically evil, silver is intrinsically valuable because God ordained it to be that way. So it can never not be worth something. And it's always going to be worth something when these falsehoods quit playing with it and things corrected, it's going to be where it's supposed to be corrected in its price. If you want to take the figure we figured up a year or so back, that if you took all the dollars printed, and that's greatly surpassed this now, but two years ago, if you took all the American dollars out there and you, and you back go with that, one ounce of gold will be worth $65,000. I would dare say that could be doubled or tripled now. 
silver's the same way. So they don't want this to go up. And they're doing it not by selling silver, but by selling paper, saying you own silver. It's just paper. And sooner or later, that would go away. If I had a 401k, I would go to my boss if I had a good relationship. If not, I had a better relationship with the supervisor. I'd go to him and say, listen, I'd like to quit for 30 days because I need my money for my 401k. And if you got a piece of land, don't even go to silver. Buy the land. That's what they have because you can eat from land. You can't eat from silver. It'll give you the means somehow to get there. But it's like getting in the car. You go into the bank for a certain purpose to get something. Or you go in the grocery store to get groceries. Silver can buy the car. At the grocery store and, and buy it at the grocery store, but what you have to is the food. So bypass all that. If you're able to do that, you don't want to go in the silver. You want to go directly into land. That's a that's a serious decision. Evaluations of searching, finding, looking, maybe a year. How long it takes to do that? Build a homestead. The handwriting's on the wall. Everybody knows we're headed toward insecurity. When you're insecurity, you want protection. What are you going to use for protection? What if roving bands, and we hear it, people are pulling guns on people in New York because law-abiding citizens can't have guns. Only the criminals have that when you pass laws like that, which is ludicrous. And they're pulling pistols on people for a gallon of gasoline. So it's just logic. By what just happened in the election, what people are going to gravitate to, they want security, they want protection. Go to your boss. Figure out some way. Be nice. Pray. Do an ovina for them. And see if you can quit for 30 days, be rehired back. During that 30 days, you can get your 401k out. You can put it in silver. Don't worry about, you might get taxed off that $100,000, for example, 25%, which means $25,000 has to be paid to taxes. But get it in your mentality, it is not your money. You only have out $100,000 if you've got a 25% tax bracket. You only have $75,000 now. It don't matter if it says $100,000. That's the Uncle Sam's money. It is not your money. It never will be your money. If you take it out 10 years, they're going to take it. and probably more taxes. It may be 35 then. Use common sense. The only thing it may cost you is the 10% penalty. Pay it. So $100,000, 25% tax bracket. They get 25. As you say, 75. You pay a 10% penalty. You got $65,000. Give me that any day of the week and let that sit there. And be viewed as what Obama wrote or tried and did implement to some degree. I don't know, really don't understand it. But they were going to consider all retirement funds out there being used for investments as public funds. You want somebody who espouses a dark ideology to be in charge of your retirement? Because his idea is somebody else, it goes to somebody else. It belongs, you didn't earn it. You've heard that a million times. Although you know you did. So it's just common sense. You need to act on this. And better to be secure with half than maybe keep what you have, but only a 10% chance that you're going to keep it and 90% chance you're going to lose it somewhere. And of course, our whole goal is to help you. It's disturbing to see decisions that could have been made by people that just don't make them when they procrastinate. And what we always tell you is procrastination does not work in this day and age right now, at this moment. You can't put it off to tomorrow. Many people are saying, well, what just happened with this election, we, we'll just wait and deal with it when the time comes. What kind of thinking is that? 
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.